Well, good afternoon, church family. Uh, Today is February the 17th, and we have the privilege of opening up the Word of God together again today. Uh, This section I've entitled, God's Word Holds Me Where I Need to Be. As we take a look at this next section in Psalm 119, uh, that's Psalmic, uh, Psalm 119, verses 113 through 120. But before we read that section of Scripture, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity to gather midweek uh, to be able to study your word. We thank you for uh, the psalmist and his ability to write things that are very applicable uh, to us even today. Lord, I pray that you would just open our, up our hearts and our minds and, and minister to our souls through your Holy Spirit today, and, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go ahead and read our text in full today as we begin this part one. Uh, And next uh, uh, Wednesday, we'll finish out uh, this section uh, entitled Psalmic. And so let's start with verse 113. It says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live. And let not, or let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth will you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Well, today we're going to take a look at those uh, first three verses in this section as we take a look at verses 113 through 115 of Psalm 119. And so let's once again remind us of those first two verses as I've split those out from verse 115 as a standalone. And it says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. Let's just stop there. Uh, The psalmist is calling us to, uh, in a sense, Make a choice to not be double-minded. It reminds me of Joshua's uh, challenge in Joshua chapter 24 as he's addressing the people and he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord... Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, the psalmist says here in Psalm 119, 113, I hate the double-minded. Now, he can be looking outside of himself and seeing those who have compromised, those who won't make a choice, those who are... Uh, teetering back and forth between opinion or between truths. Uh, and he, he establishes a parallel or I guess a contrast really, uh, to the fact that he does not like, matter of fact, he hates those who are double-minded, but he loves God's law. Uh, and I like what James Montgomery Boyce said in relation to this. He says, double-minded people are people who know about God, but are not fully determined to worship and serve him only. They are those who want both God and the world. They want the benefits of true religion, 
but they want their sin too. The psalmist hates this double-mindedness. He also hates it in himself. And see, uh, James Montgomery Boyce even takes it a step further to not only be looking outside through the eyes of the psalmist towards the world, but also looking and evaluating and examining himself inwardly. That even in himself, you know, it is not a good thing to be double-minded. Well, why shouldn't we be double-minded? Why should we, you know, as it, as it were, pick a, a side or make a choice in relation to the law of God? Well, let me give you some reasons why. One is that God's law is certain. Uh, we found out from Psalm 119.89 uh, a few uh, months back uh, that forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. So one reason why we should not be double-minded, why we should love God's law without question, is because it's firmly fixed. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to change because God's law is eternal. And then uh, we also learned in Psalm 119.96 that it is also without error because it says, I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. And so the psalmist is saying here that there, there's no uh, imperfection in the word of God. There's, there's never going to be anything that you're going to read that is going to have to be corrected. You know, which is kind of different in, in our minds because we are always being autocorrected. If you ever write a document in Word uh, or if you're texting someone uh, and you go to type a word and it automatically suggests something and sometimes even replaces the word with the wrong word. Uh, and the fact is, is that when we look at the word of God, that will never be the case. There's nothing that needs to be taken away and there needs nothing be added. It is without error. And so since God's law is certain, that is one reason why we should not be double-minded. But also take it even a step further because God's law has a proactive result. Therefore, we should not be double-minded about it. We learned all the way back at the very beginning, uh, as we looked at Psalm 119 and verses 1 and 2, that it produces happiness when someone walks in God's ways, when they are obedient to God's word. Remember these verses? Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. See, God's law is proactive, and therefore we should not be double-minded. We should trust in it, knowing that one result is going to be that of happiness. Blessed are those who. Another thing we learned in that first section, in verse 6 of that same uh, Psalm 119 chapter, uh, that it also get, guards us against dishonor. It says, Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. So something else that it proactively does is that it guards us against shame. It guards us against dishonor. And therefore, there's no reason to be double-minded about it because it is going to keep us in that way that is good and keep us from that which is not. Another thing we learned in verse 24 of Psalm 119, where it gives counsel to those who delight in it. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. And so another proactive result, another reason why we should not be double-minded, but instead love the law of God, to love his word like the psalmist, is because it actually counsels us. It tells us where we are and where we need to go. 
And then one other example, and again, these are not exhaustive, but in verses 98 to 100, it also provides wisdom and understanding. Your commandment makes me wiser than uh, my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. So right there you see three things uh, that come forth uh, in relation to the, the God's word making the psalmist wiser than his enemies because his enemies operate in falsehood, in error, in a lie. But the psalmist is living by something that is wiser than all the wisdom of man, and that is the word of God. And he says it's forever with me. And he has more understanding than his teachers and more understanding than the aged. Uh, and, and that is all based in not because of who he is, because, but because of the word upon which he meditates. You know, his testimonies are my meditation. I keep your precepts. So in other words, here in verse 113, the psalmist is saying, choose to love the word of God. Don't be double-minded. And then he goes on in verse 114 to say, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. See, this is the recipe to eliminate anxiety and self-doubt. Because the psalmist is telling you right here, right now, why you shouldn't be double-minded, why you shouldn't be going back and forth between fear and anxiety and, you know, uh, comfort and, and, and surety, is the fact that God is your hiding place. See, this is the believer's panic room. You know, people put panic rooms in their houses because they, they want a secret place that they can run to to protect themselves from danger. Well, guess what? God is our panic room. God is the one to whom we should run because he is our hiding place and our shield. And the psalmist says that he hopes in God's word. See, that's why we need to be in the word of God. We cannot just let it be a book that we have. Uh, we cannot let it be just what the pastor preaches or the Sunday school teacher teaches on any given Sunday. We need to be in the word of God all the time. Because God alone is our hiding place and our shield against the storms of life. And yes, the storms of life will always come. Uh, and they always come when we least expect it. So in other words, run to him. Don't look back. And we know one example why we shouldn't look back. Uh, and I'll, I'll challenge you to go into your Old Testament and seek out what I'm talking about. It says, don't question his faithfulness to be exactly what you need and when you need it. You know, and as I was thinking about this, it reminded me of Ruth. And if you remember back to our, our sermon series uh, in the month of December for Christmas, you know, as uh, Ruth fell on her face and fell to the ground and, and asked the question of Boaz, why have I found such favor in your eyes and taken notice of of me since I am a foreigner. And if you remember in verse 11 of chapter 2, Boaz answered her and he says, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. And this is the key and this is the connection in verse 12. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you have come to take refuge. See, that's what we need to do. 
We need to fill our minds and our hearts and our souls with the word of God. We need to love it. We need to hope in it so that we are not double-minded and so that we can see the importance of God and his word being our hiding place in our shield, our panic room in a world that is full of chaos. And finally, in verse 115, the psalmist goes on to add to this first uh, section here. He says, depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. So the call here is don't put yourself in a compromising position. Don't get distracted by those who do not love the word of God. See, the thing is, as you take a look over your life and as I look back over my life, it's hard to be the lone example. It's hard to stand up for what you know to be true. It's hard to be the example uh, when we have those around us that do not love God, who do not honor God, who do not seek to glorify God. And see, the psalmist recognizes, he says, depart from me, you evildoers. He sees them as a compromise. He sees them as a distraction from what he should be loving and embracing and living for. And it reminded me that uh, we need the timeless word of God to empower us to be strong and to stand firm. And with this, I close from Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So how do you stand firm? How do you keep God's commandments? How do you show your hope and your love for God's word? You stand in the power of his strength. Admit that you cannot do it on your own. Admit that when you are outside of the comfort of that hiding place and that shield, that you are exposed and open to all the attacks that the evil one will bring and everything that this world stands for. It will distract you. It will compromise you. So guard yourself in the power and the strength of God's might. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the beautiful truths in this text this morning. We thank you for the passion of the psalmist to put forth his desire to love your law, to put his hope in your law, and to keep your law. Lord, may that be characteristic of each and every one of us today, myself included, because the attacks do come, the temptations do form, uh, and Lord, there are always going to be things that are going to distract us from where our focus and our gaze should be, and that is upon you and your word. Lord, I ask that you would just empower our church family today, that they may be able to stand firm and strong in the power of your strength, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church family. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to worshiping with you again on Sunday.